Welcome to the My Fence Life bonus podcast series, Ask Me About My Day, where you can eavesdrop on phone conversations between Dan, industry leaders, and fencers from around the country to find out about their day. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, the, the, the first time that you miss payroll, you should probably panic. Hey, what's happening, Fence Lifers? Look who we got. We got Matt Warner, the man, the myth, the legend. What's going on, Bill? How you doing, man? I hadn't seen you in a while. Well, I've been working, man. I've been been trying to stay uh, stay ahead of the curve, baby. I know, I know. We got to do that, bro. We got to. We got to, right? It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, uh, what I, what did we say last time? We got to get in the arena. Yeah, man, that's what I did. Um, you know, I just did a uh, 16 month uh, in the arena, and I'm finally back to taking care of me, taking care of my family, taking care of Pepper. You know what I'm saying? She stuck with right. me through those 16 plus months, and uh, so she's I'm, still I'm, with you. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, she's still with wow. me. Wow, that's amazing. It's unfortunate for her. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, man, um, dude, so this is asked me about my day 112. We've had 112 phone calls. Can you believe that? It's amazing. It's insane, man. And look, I mean, you've been talking about cash flow and you were giving me some pointers in my business for cash flow. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get Matt on here and we're going to talk about some of these things. So this is uh, asked me about my day number 112, you know. The Don't yeah. Go Broke Cash Flow Survival Guide with Matt Warner. Well, I don't know if it's a survival guide, but we're going to try to see if we can't put out a little, <laughs> few little hints and tricks out there. Definitely, man. So uh, one of the one of the first things we had talked about is is what is cash flow and why is it important to small business owners? What is what are your thoughts on that, Matt? Yeah, well, you know, uh, cash. They say cash flow is one of the number one reasons for for business owners not being able to either grow or even to lose their business. So, cash flow is a really critical part of our our success. And you know, in, in the fence industry, they always a lot of guys um, will say they do residential because they like the cash flow, yeah. which is all those deposits that you collect early on. But um, you can you can get cash flow a lot of different ways and try yeah. to make it work. But What's residential that? really does help with cash cash flow. Well, yeah, it does. But it can also be a false sense of security because you got all this cash and you think you got money. The next thing you know, by the time you get to the job, you're going to spend it somewhere else if you don't allocate it properly, you know? Yeah, dis- discipline is the key with, with cash flow. You ha- you. You have to stay disciplined and you have to live amongst your means and you have to be planning out, especially when you're growing, because if you just wake up one day and you say, I have $100,000 in the bank, I'm going to go buy a $60,000 truck. That's not smart. Yeah, because you got to make sure you can cover your bills, cover your expenses, invest in your growth, you know, so, you know, you can face some financial challenges, man. Big time, you know, and uh, what happens if you can't make payroll or pay your suppliers? Yeah. Then you end up being one of those guys on TV going, hey, I paid this guy a deposit and he never came and did my fence. And, you know, action eight news is trying to get after you, you know, (laughs) that's not a good way to make the news. No, it's not. It's not. We want to make the news for good things. Right. Right. (laughs) 
So what are some common cash flow challenges that small business owners face, Matt? I, I really think the biggest challenge on staying on top of your cash flow is when you're growing, right? And when you're trying to you're trying to stay ahead of the growth and you're trying I've always said there's only two ways to grow. Borrowed money or profits. But you have to know where your profit lies within your cash flow. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you have to know what your bills are. And, and you know, and that's why I tell people all the time, know what your overhead, know what your overhead costs and expenses are. You have to plan that out. You have to be constantly going through your whip or we call it a whip work in progress. Um, all your backlog of work of, of what's coming up and, and what, what's on there next. And then you have to be managing that. So, you know, when you're billing and when you're going to get paid bill, that's all part of that cash flow scheme. You know, that's that's a weekly thing that uh, Ron, the consultant, makes me do. He'll shoot me a text and goes, hey, I need some ma- I need some napkin math. Give me some napkin math real quick. And I'll sit down and go, all right, this is how much cash we got on hand. This is how much is pending, waiting to hit the bank that we've collected, but it's still waiting. to p- It's pending. This is how much the guys are working on this week. So this is what I'm forecasting coming in at the end of the week. And then I start breaking down what bills I paid and which ones I haven't paid. And we get a nice little you know, meter of how the business is doing that way, you know? Yeah. that's So I, I, I get a report. I call it my Friday report every single Friday, uh, every single Friday afternoon. I do a Friday report and it's a, that basically it's Sarah telling me exactly what you just said, mm-hmm. but it's in an email form. And then she puts together a nice little paragraph that tells me what she plans to pay and what she plans to hold and how much money we need tomorrow, how much money we need next week and how much money we need in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's a weekly ritual for us. And, and we've been doing that ever since uh, 2009. And that's, that's been a little bit, and you know, um, I helped Cannon with it once and he swears by our Friday reports. He says it's one of the, one of the ways that he stays on top of his uh, accounting is, is the Friday reports. Yeah, man. So that's that's what we've been doing. And when he said that, I was like, man, this is kind of like what Matt was talking about when uh, you and Cannon had had that conversation. And he goes, yeah, exactly. I need to know the health of the business. We need to look at how many jobs we're signing on, what's way down the pipeline, what's just next week, you know, two weeks out and where we're at. So yeah. that's a- and, and, and that is the forecasting. You know, you you know, that's the the projecting is trying to figure out where you're at. But whoever's doing your books or helping you with your books, if you can get them to give that to you, now you know exactly where you stand and how much money you need. And I'm going to tell you earlier, you had said, you know, you got to make sure you make payroll. I, and I'm going to tell you that the the first time that you miss payroll you should probably panic. Uh, I remember in my first business, uh, there was a couple times I had to ask people to wait on payroll. And eventually I ended up collapsing and, and filing bankruptcy and going under. And I, and, and I, one of the rules that I made is we will always make sure that we cover our payroll and we will always make sure we have enough money to pay off our credit card. We, we just, that's just how we roll. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, man, that forecasting is a big deal. And, it's not hard to do, man, guys. If you don't have – it's it's really not that hard to do. Take cash on hand. Keep track of what you owe. You know, for you smaller guys that are out there, build a spreadsheet. Just start getting it down. 
And as you pay something, just delete it, you know? So you can have a grasp of what you owe and what you got coming in. And you ought to know what your weekly payroll is. I know what mine is. I got it on that napkin math. I paid this week's payroll already, and I already got next week's payroll figured into that into that napkin math that I do for him. So yep. we get a good pulse. So we're always at least a week ahead, at least, you know. Um, yeah, because I mean, then you you know you get you get late payments. I was talking to a buddy of mine this weekend. He's got an installation company, and he had an issue. He's got about twenty five thousand dollars owed to him in his second year business. Out of three different contractors, they haven't paid him. You know, so he's at his suppliers going, "I can't pay you." Now this happened about six, eight months ago when him and I had this conversation. But now he's doing things differently to keep that cash flow coming because it got him in a spot. You know. Yeah. So. Anyway, man. So, um, Matt, what are some strategies? that uh, small business owners can use to improve their cash flow? You know, uh, well, obviously deposits or or collecting some upfront money helps uh, with material and with, with doing that. But I also, I also believe that that one thing you should be constantly doing is knowing what your profits are and, and holding some of those profits back to make sure that in case somebody doesn't pay you or you get behind, that you constantly have some money to grab. And, you know, there's different systems out there. Some people will have a separate account for their profits that they put in there. I don't go to that extreme. Uh, I, I keep it all in there. I just make sure that Sarah and I always know where we're at profit-wise because that profit is something that you can use in between time to get you through there. But you always have to make sure that you have an ability. The other big thing is, uh, is, is to help with cash flow is to have a line of credit. And the way you have a line of credit is, is to make sure that you and your banker have an extremely good relationship. So you can use some of that cash when, when, when people are either slow paying you or you're getting behind. But, um, you know, a, a line of credit, I think is something that everybody should, should have, but, but you have to be disciplined with it. You can't just look at that and say, I've got, uh, $50,000 sitting there ready to go. I always make sure that I have two payrolls say, worth of either a line of credit or, or cash on hand at all times. I have That's an entire month no matter what. And then I try to make sure that I also have three months worth of overhead constantly saved up. Okay. Wow, that's good to know because – See, I do things a little. I do things kind of like that, but a little differently. I have a line of credit with my bank, but I don't really ever touch it. I do, but I don't. You know, some months I just use it to pay a bill and wait a month and pay it off just so they can see I'm using it. But that is my safety net. That's my. Um, we we keep two weeks of payroll in there, sure, and then. Um, we take what our average is of our suppliers and usually have it in there. So I've got, you know, at least two weeks of, uh, of, of material and two weeks of payroll set aside just in case. You never know what's going to happen, man. You so know, we pay, we pay biweekly. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah we do so weekly. We keep two payrolls, which is a month, you know, so we, we try to make sure we have that on hand at all times. But, well, but it gets tough, too, when, when you're, when, you know, we're over 100 people now, so payroll's a big nut. Yeah, it is, man. And, you know, 
Like, I'll tell you another thing that is is big. You got to invoice promptly. You know, I got a new assistant, and I didn't realize it, and I had about six invoices that had been sent out since Tuesday of last week. So I was on it today. You know, my hook, girl, we got to get these out, you know. I didn't realize I was working on this. So I had to kind of give her my, these are your top priorities. You know, every day, this is what you do as soon as you walk in the door. And before you leave the end of the day, you need to make sure that these invoices are sent. So I had about six jobs that I had to get out. And luckily, two I think two of them paid today. So I'll be on them tomorrow. But, you know, that's a big deal. And I, I think another way that I see in, in our business, the way we get cash flow is we negotiate some terms with our suppliers, you know. We get with those guys, and, and we negotiate lines of credit with them, and we negotiate terms with them. You know, if I can yeah. pay early and save 2%, that's a big deal. Yeah, and on commercial jobs, some of these uh, some of these vendors will work with you on it. If it's a big job, they'll, they'll, they'll give you three or four months to even to, to help you get going a little bit. So it's good. I mean, on the whole commercial side of things, there's – you can – you can build, and this is a really deep conversation, so I'll just touch the, the, the outskirts of it, but you can build your SOV uh, to a point where you're billing a little bit heavier in the front, but you have to be disciplined enough to not be overbilled because one of the biggest mistakes people make in the, in the commercial world is they, they overbill, and then they got, they got all this money in, they think they're doing great, but really they don't have any money because all that money's spent. Uh, so there's some, there's some checks and balances there, but you don't ever want to be – overbuild by any means but but you can build a little bit heavy in the front end on that sov well i'll tell you something that i learned um with uh, master halco they'll do a, a job a job release for you so we did a big commercial job for uh keo france school here in town and instead of using my line of credit i just had to fill out some paperwork get the general to fill out some paperwork and they went ahead and drop shipped on the job, and I didn't have to pay the bill until it was finished, you know? Yeah. And it didn't interrupt my normal line of credit, so it made business flow to where I didn't have this huge chunk of money that I owed in 30 days, and it took us 45 to do it, and then another 14 to get paid. So if they don't pay or that you haven't paid your bill in 30 days, they contact, contact the uh, GC. Hey, the, the job's not done yet. It got held up. And how cold push it back so you can pay when it's done. And that's exactly how it went, man. I was real impressed on how smooth it went. I really yeah, was. Steven's piping still does that, too. Good. That's good to know, man, because we're doing more and more chain link. A lot more. It's you good. Know? Um, and another thing is, is uh, you know, I got in a little crunch about a year or so ago. And you want to know how I created cash flow? I cut expenses. Yeah, yeah. See, that's real easy to create cash flow. You know, you yeah. start cutting all the fat. The next thing you know, your bills aren't as much, and you got more money in the checking account. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's something everybody should do. You should do uh, some spring cleaning every year, and you should go through and try to try to see if you can tighten up your belt a little bit. And I think that's just a good business practice. Constantly live on on that. Uh, uh, living amongst your means, you know, I, we tell, we tell our, our people to do that with their personal life, but 
we have to do that with our business also. We have to live amongst our means. We have to know where we're at at all times and, and live amongst your means. It's the old uh, tube of toothpaste analogy, right? Right. You squeeze that sucker till you get every last drop out of it. If you uh, right. if you cut your expenses, then you'll get every drop out of that tube of toothpaste, you know? And then inventory is the other thing, man. You know, I walk around the yard and I'm like, what is this? Why aren't we using that? Why hasn't that been returned? You know? And the next thing you know, you got a credit on your uh, your invoices because you're returning things that you didn't use or whatever the case might be. Yeah. You know, a damaged gate. Well, we got charged for the second gate from uh, for the aluminum gate. We got to get this one back so we can get credit for it, you know? Yep. Just yeah. simple things like that, man. You know? It is. I love it. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff, Dan. Thank you, man. That means a lot to me coming from you, bro. Oh, stop it. <laughs> so, man, so how can a small business owner handle late-paying customers? That's a big you know, one. I'll, I'll tell you, on the, um, I had a good friend of mine. I'm going to tell a side on the commercial side of things first. So, you know, I was talking to one of my mentors one time, and we were talking about on these commercial jobs, and I just said, I said, holy cow, some of these guys are just, they're constantly 80, 90, 120 days out. And uh, he said, he goes, he goes, what's the big deal? And I said, well, I'd like to get paid. He goes, well, if you know they're constantly late, why aren't you charging them for it? And I was like, well, what do you mean? He said, just build in whatever your fees are for you to borrow money to get through that 90 to 120 days and you become their banker. What's the big deal? Now that's a little bit, uh, in the commercial world, we don't really want to be somebody's banker, but if you're charging them interest for it up front on the bid, when you turn it in, is it, is it so bad? So I think that I have about five people we work for. They have always paid us, but it's always between 90 and 120 days. And a lot of my competition won't work for them because they can't figure out how to cash flow that. We've been able to get an extra percentage, uh, some extra points on those jobs because we just know they're going to be late. So we plan for it. And I just build it into the estimate. And now it's like getting interest on my money. So it's not that big a deal. Yeah. With the, with the residential side, obviously there's, I, you know, we, we're very fortunate. We, we don't have a lot of people that are late, that late of paying us or that don't pay us. Um, I think last year we might have wrote off like $2,000 is all. Uh, so most people are pretty good about paying. Uh, and I don't like to go through the whole lean process and doing all that. I've done it. It's never fun. No. Uh, we just try to make sure, too, that we're using that My Salesman tool up front. And if they refuse to use that, we refuse to do their jobs because we know they're probably going to be one of those customers that don't want to pay us. And I know that sounds weird that we're using a lead qualifying software, but that's also our first test to see what kind of person we're dealing with. So we've just we just don't tolerate it. If you don't follow our system, we don't we don't do your fits. Yeah, man. I find that if people don't want to uh, follow your SOPs it, right in the beginning. You're yep. going to have problems through and through and through. and I think that's the number one telltale sign of a bad customer. Well, you know, I, Joe Everett said that. And I was like, man, that's that's pretty interesting. So 
when I get a customer that doesn't want to follow the way we do things, you know, we just cut them loose. And you know what they'll say? Well, you're the owner. You, you, you can do it. Like, it's even worse if I do it because then that tells my team that they can do it too. I'm like, I'm the, I'm the one that definitely can't do it. If one of my team does it, I scream at them, get on their ass. Have you ever seen me do that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, are, Oh, you're the owner. You can do it. No, it doesn't work that way. Um, right. and one of the things we do is man, we set clear, 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 clear payment terms, you know, and we ensure that our contracts, depict that you know and we have penalties for late payments have i ever charged a penalty for a late payment no but i tell you what if it's in my agreement saying hey it's due upon receipt for every day that it's late it's an additional 100 dollars, and they call me five days later finally to pay i can say you know what mr jones we're going to go ahead and waive that 500 late fee let's just go ahead and get that paid today but it makes them pay Sure. Never had to use it, but it sure is nice to have it to lean on when I'm dealing when I'm dealing with a customer, you know. And and of course, this is residential because I do a lot of residential. You do a lot of uh, commercial. How much residential commercial do you think you do? Like this, like this net. See this net job behind me? That's the job we did down in Texas. I noticed that man. It looks nice. Isn't that cool? Yeah, very cool. I noticed it when you got on. We do uh, probably about 90-10, commercial, 10% residential. Okay. But you still dabble in the, in the residential. Oh, yeah. We run two or three crews, yeah. I got you. Um, but, uh, and then we follow up, man. I use those automations in Job Nimbus, and we follow up. Once we send that bill, that sucker's hitting you every day, reminding you. That hey, you got to pay this bill. That's good you know? stuff. So, yeah. uh, and then I mean, and look, I've had to offer payment plans before. You know, you get with a customer and they're being truthful with you, and like, hey, look, you know, this is going on, that's going on. Okay, we, 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 let's work something out because I'd rather get something than nothing. Right. And I've had it happen. You know, Miss Jones is like, well, you know what? I can pay half of what I owe you today, and in fourteen days when I get my next check, I can pay the other half. Sure, let's do it. And we do it. But at least we're getting paid instead of just going off. You know? If you do that, Ms. Jones, we'll go ahead and waive all the late fees. And uh, we'll just get this done. And we end up getting a good review out of it. And then we get our daughter's fence and our son-in-law's fence. And, you know, you end up getting more and more fences, man. So, uh, and, and it's feasible for both of us. You know? That makes sense. So... Anyway, man, we are we, we are about the twenty minute mark, bro. I try to keep I these phone it. calls short. So, uh, how about I bring you back for part two on this, and uh, we knock it out the park? I love it. Let's do it. All right, man. I'll see you shortly. And hey, guys, y'all keep on fencing. You've been listening to my fence life. Yes, we like to have fun, beer, bourbon, and business. And although we have fun. We take our business very seriously. Dan Blanc is known as the Fence King, and he's been providing high-quality fence solutions since 1999. He's connected to industry leaders, business leaders, financing experts, and marketing gurus that will be on the show to talk about their success stories. 
To find out more about us, hit the website at myfencelife.com. Listen to the show wherever you consume your content. We are everywhere. Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast. See you next time on My Fence Life.